for those of you who have heard, uh, the Oscars will air on ABC this year, and it, they will have a host, and I'm happy to announce right here, right now, I will be that host. That's right, Henry from Zero Credits will be the host of the Oscars. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Hosting Henry. And my name's Mournful for Billy Crystal John. And together we're Hosting Henry and Mournful for Billy Crystal John, coming straight to you, straight to your door to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist. Has Billy Crystal ever hosted the Oscars? Many a time, John. Yes, yes. It's the other award shows he hasn't hosted. I want to say upwards of three times has Billy Crystal hosted the Academy Awards. I'm fascinated by Billy Crystal's career because he was in some great movies when Harry Met Sally, City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. The list goes on. And it seems like he's really made his hay in his career by being an award show host and just kind of guy who's around. There's an interesting path you can take when you're like stand-up comedian to like really get your 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 end game going. Uh, you could be like a Jim Gaffigan where you just tore your entire life away and record a couple of specials. And you have a sitcom that nobody ever talks about. But it's really about the touring. Or you could go sort of like the, uh, you know, your, your Billy Crystals. You you do enough work and enough movies to just host things and kind of bounce around for the rest of your life. Yeah, you get to be a master among masters of ceremony. Now, Jim Gaffigan is particularly interesting to me because he he seems to be a comedian who has very strong opinions about things. But none of his audience knows that. And every time. Oh, it's fascinating. Every time his opinions become known, and we talked about the Jim Gaffigan meltdown. Yeah, he was the patron saint. No, that was somebody else. But yeah, he had a meltdown on Twitter that was really fun. But every time his his political opinions become known, people start like trying to like family cancel him. And it's like, dude, I don't know. I'm I'm generally of the opinion that like if you like a comedian who tours a lot, chances are. They're from a blue state and are reasonably well educated. So, like, why are why is this a surprise to you? What's interesting about Mister Gaffigan is I think he's from like Illinois, which I think is like a red state. I don't know. Chicago's there. Well, you just name any metropolitan area in the U.S. and it's blue. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't really know. I I just know that Jim Gaffigan is like a smart guy. So, like, why would people think that he would share their dumbass beliefs? It's interesting. It really is. Uh, over the Christmas holiday, I got to watch Jim Gaffigan's latest comedy special on Netflix. It's called Comedy Monster. And I watched it with my entire family. Um, and the great thing about Gaffigan is just like he's very crowd pleasing. Mm-hmm. But and when he goes after something that you like, you're kind of like, oh, OK. All right. I can take a couple hits, you know, like he's very friendly about his joking about the Catholic Church. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Even though he loves it. He loves being Catholic. He himself, yeah, he himself is a Catholic. I, I feel like Jim Gaffigan is almost like, uh, not an inverse to a Bob Saget, which R.I.P. Bob Saget. Uh, wow, Jesus. Uh, you're just going to, you're going to afterthought hand wave uh, R.I.P. to America's dad in one show? 
I I think that Bob Saget as a person would despise being called America's dad. I know. I know. Isn't it great? My it, favorite thing uh, about Bob Saget was that – I will get back to your point. My favorite thing about Bob Saget was for like a decade he was the dad to these two twins that America watched grow up and everyone was like, oh, that's so great. Or uncle. I, forget, I don't even know. I don't, never watch Full House. And then people would go to his stand-up and Bob Saget is the – filthiest comedian under the sun yeah bob saget is like famously crass and like horrible yeah his version of the aristocrats would clear rooms yes and people would walk out of that his shows just appalled and it's like maybe you should do a little research on people they're not the roles they take bob saget's fascinating to me because his actual comedic styling is essentially it is the aristocrats as a joke is his comedic styling was intentionally it was so like maximally vile to be funny like these aren't beliefs that he truly had but it was specifically meant to elicit this extremely visceral negative reaction it was kind of a genius and i think that this point's been made a couple times but his time spent hosting america's funniest home videos might be one of the like longest pieces of incredible postmodern art where you have the most vile comedian who the most famous vile comedian working trapped in uh, <laughs> trapped in a sh- he's trapped in your television just having yeah. to say these things the writers say and every week there's just this growing disinterest and disdain for the things he has to say it's Watching America's Funniest Home Videos was one of my favorite things to do as as a child, not because of the funny nut shots or kids singing happy birthday or whatever, but purely because of Bob Saget. It's if you haven't seen clips of that in a while, you should. I well, I think I know what I'm doing tomorrow at work. Yeah. Spend all day looking at clips of Bob Saget. I don't think he would have preferred it any other way. Yeah, it's fascinating, the life and times of Bob Saget. Dead at 65 to unknown causes. Yes, dead at 65 to a COVID booster-induced heart attack. I don't even like to joke about that, that that's a thing people believe is happening. Wow. There there is a... Many people seem to believe this, including Hulk Hogan, that like the COVID booster is giving people heart attacks and it's killed like Betty White and Sidney Poitier and... Uh, Bob Saget, which like, you know, these people aren't uh, good people. For right. It's it's just silly. It's just silly. I heard you crack open a beverage, Henry, speaking of COVID booster induced heart attacks. That's right, John. Tonight I'm drinking an ale. Oh, an ale, an A-L-E or an A-I-L? Um, hold on. I, uh, um, an A-L-E, John. Mm. That's the Budweiser? Re- no, what is that? An ale? No, it's probably a lager. I, I don't know. Yes, but yes, I'm drinking a particular type of ale, one that will still fit into my dry January prerequisites. That's right. It's a ginger ale. Oh, you know that's the only ale without alcohol in it. Yeah, much in the way that root beer is the only beer without alcohol in it. Maybe now there's ginger beer. Um. I'm drinking a ginger ale because we're out of Coke Zero and I need something with bubbles in it or else my body gets out of whack and just gives me headaches. 
listen, I really appreciate you uh, thus far really committing to dry January. I won't belabor what I'm drinking, which is, of course, uh, Lagunitas Maximus Colossal IPA. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> you had... Is that, okay, sorry. Is that one of those big cans that I saw over the weekend? Yes. I uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm trying to watch my calories a little bit and trying to lose some weight. So instead of getting six packs to hang around the house where every day I'm like, oh, I'll drink, you know, a beer or five. I just right. buy like a 22 ounce beer, you know, for special occasions like the podcast or a dinner party. So I don't have beer hanging around the house. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that's good. Because if I just bought one can, you know, I'd jump out a window. But, you know, 22 ounces, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's a sizable amount. That's in multiple drinks. If anyone is wondering, the Lagunitas Maximus Colossal IPA, delicious. I uh, I had one of these at a dinner party at a friend's house recently, uh, and it, it blew me away. I can't be a weird beer nerd and talk about how delicious a beer is around friends, but this is very good. No, you, you can. I give you permission. Oh no no you're you're not my friend you're my co-host but I mean at the dinner party I couldn't be like wow wow well why don't you take the opportunity now to describe how good the beer is okay wow wow it's really tasty uh, what a, it's what what a <laughs> what a jerk what an absolute you know I'm doing dry January why would you choose to do that why do you choose to attack me <laughs> for fun mm. I appreciate it. That's yeah. the only good way to be attacked. <laughs> For the end game being fun? I think that's just called bullying, John. <laughs> but if both people are having fun, it's not bullying. <laughs> that's what bullies say to justify their bullying. <laughs> Stop having fun. And they're like hitting you with a book. <laughs> um, I've never so, been bullied. How does it work? They, they walk up to you and they like hit you with books. They pee oh, on they, you. They just attack you for who you are. And there's nothing mm. you can do to make them stop. Oh, I've been doing that to myself for a long time. <laughs> well, if you're having a blast. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. Uh, so describe the mouth fear. fear, fear. <laughs> describe, please describe the mouth fear. Describe the mouth fear of this beer. Mm, minimal mouth fear. It is pretty bitter. So I think my mouth might think I ate something poisonous or I got stung in the tongue by a rattlesnake. Oh, no. Um, so the fear isn't. At a zero. Okay. It's up there. Yeah, like a seven. All right, seven on the Malfear scale. <laughs> uh, yes, but this is very much your kind of uh, West Coast, more dry, more hoppy, more floral IPA, and it's very good. Now, did I hear you? <coughs> wow. Did I hear you correctly when you said Lagunitas? Mm. You did, Lagunitas Brewery. They they sound very familiar. Why do I know Lagunitas? Lagunitas is like really kind of a state institution in the craft beer world. The Lagunitas IPA is one of the first super florally West Coast IPAs to get wide distribution. Lagunitas Little Sumpin Ale is also pretty famous. Okay. You'll see their name all over the place if you go to any craft beer section of your local, um, you know, liquid dispensary. Neat. I, I I must have seen them before or have tasted them before because the name has stuck in my head like a steel trap. It's also the name of a city in California, if that helps. Never heard of it. Damn it. Who's California? <laughs> is, that, is she new? 
Is she new here? Is she new here? Hey, Henry, quick. Yeah. What's the newest state? Confusion. (laughs) (laughs) New confusion. New confusion. I got new confusion. It's weird. All of the United States got COVID, and then we had this new state called confusion. Uh, So... For those of you who listened last week, I, I'm aware of how I sounded. Uh, I, I edited that episode the next day, and I was like, wow, I was completely out of it. I had, I honestly had new confusion. Oh, no, you had the new confusion? I did. I know you never listened to the show. <laughs> but if you get a chance, if you listen back to last week's episode... I was barely hanging in there with conversation. I, I don't know. I was like dropping in and out, losing trains of thought mid sentence. It was unbearable to listen to myself like that. You were definitely somewhere else some of the time. Yeah. And I, that was the booster, man. For the next two days, I had like this mental fog that was just kind of like hanging over me. I finally, by the way, uh, I scheduled my booster, so I look forward to similar awful feelings. Are you crossing the streams, so to speak? No, I refuse to, so I'm driving out to Westlake on the 21st to get boosted. At the rate that my friends and acquaintances are getting COVID, uh, I gotta be real careful for the next 10 days. Yeah, we also refused to cross the stream, so we had to drive all the way up to Leander. Uh, to find our our Moderna boost, because uh, everywhere else was just Pfizer, Pfizer town. See, I couldn't find any Pfizer in Austin. I, I really think it, couldn't. It, it flipped <laughs> at the beginning of the month. <laughs> it was all Pfizer. Now it's all Moderna. Wow. You're in the middle of the month. Yeah, I uh, I have to drive out to Westlake to the bougie HEB. <laughs> You're going to get – the syringe will be made of gold, and they'll they'll sneer at you when they take your insurance card. I just have to pretend that I live in Westlake, so I need to walk around and, like, not really look at anyone or anything or look like I know where I'm going, but look like – I'll just wear a Patagonia puffer. I'll be okay. Yeah, wear a Patagonia puffer, and if there's, like, a stick on, like, the sidewalk to the store – Make, like, exasperated sighs as you walk around it as if, like, why is this stick on my sidewalk? Yeah, I'll be like, no, it it can't camp here. (laughs) I'll call 911 on the stick and be like, I think there's a camp nearby. (laughs) This stick is endemic of someone who's collecting sticks for the winter. (laughs) Yes. So please get rid of them. Shoot the stick. Please shoot the stick. Uh, uh freaking Westlake, man. Gotta love far West Austin. All right, let's ring. Oh, what's this? I got a, uh, an email from Home Depot. Let's not read it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I, are you sure the new confusion was last week? It was. I'm, I'm all, this is all me, baby. I'm just dumb. Uh, my condolences. Right. Well, let's rein this back into to more of our uh, national, international audience and not just the very hyper-specific Austin audience that we cater to every week. Because, uh, John, we've got some old business to discuss. Oh, hold on. Let me take down the minutes. And 35. All right. 30, now we yeah. can proceed. Well, I mean, 15 of those was warm-up, so the 35 reference might not track. 
Well, we've been bullshitting for a very long time. That's right. We got some old business on the agenda, John, because uh, last week we forgot, in all of my new confusion, to bring up the only news story that had happened so far, and now it's already been eclipsed by this woman. Have you heard about this woman? Um, no, I haven't heard of this woman. Oh, Twitter is a buzz with this woman. Uh, she had a very interesting profession, uh, but now she's had a heart attack, and she can no longer sell her farts and jars. Oh, yes. I'm vaguely aware of this. Everyone's talking about that, but we won't be. We Because, look, I'm not here to discuss the health of America's bravest occupation. I just want to be totally clear. This is disgusting. <laughs> like, it is... It is vile to me that people out there like myself who, for the love of the game, am farting themselves into having heart attacks for no profit motive. Yeah. I have farted so hard I've given myself seven heart attacks and no one talked about me. Yeah. um, Look, man, wrong market, I suppose. I'm just saying I'm tired of people monetizing my art. Your fart? This I can't believe that you would denigrate what I do in that way. Well, look. No one should be inducing heart attacks in themselves, so I hope everyone gets better. Everyone. <laughs> yes. Also, not to... I just feel like if your thing was selling your farts... Like, maybe I'm the asshole. <laughs> maybe I'm the jerk. But, like, if I was someone who was who was selling my farts, I would just, like, contact a company that, like, sold me, like, a spray that smelled like farts faintly. And then I would just put that in mason jars and sell it. And never – I wouldn't fart into mason jar one. Well, I mean, I, I got to hand it to this particular individual and give her all the credit – because while you would do that, she was being authentic and providing me service for her clientele. Yeah, I mean, you know, you. I guess you got to treat your customers with respect. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, now if I were more economically minded and I was in her position, I might control the supply of the fart jars Mm-hmm. which would drive up the demand and then I could get more per capita, more per unit. Absolutely. Per fart jar and produce less but but then again, if I was going into this blind, I wouldn't know that maybe my diet or the things I do to produce the fart jars would induce a heart attack in me. I don't know if I would see that coming. I feel like you could I mean, you could, like, publish your diet to the people who buy it. You could, like, really create, like, uh, an oh, she efficient... did a whole she, she did a whole step-by-step of her day, John. I just mean, like, if you publish your diet, you know, you could, you could show that you're eating, like, a lot of beans and cabbage or whatever. And then people know there's going to be a ton of supply, so they start shorting the fart market. And then you yeah. start eating, like, a lot of non-cruciferous vegetables. Like, ah, oh, we got we to gotta buy the dip. Play the stock, the stalk market. Please, the fart market. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We've got old business nothing, to discuss. Nothing for the stafart market? No. Stock fart kit? 
I didn't hear that. You said Stafartmurgy. Stafartfartkit. <laughs> it's very difficult to hear the pun. Stafartfartkit? We've got some old business to discuss. <laughs> Hold on, wait. <laughs> okay, uh, extremely Jim Gaffigan voice. Fart market. There you go. All right, I'll come back to the mic now. Are you got it out of your system, so to speak? <laughs> yeah. All right. We have some old business to discuss, which is the key phrase of the week, apparently. In that, John, have you ever heard of a series called The Fast and the Furious? Um, hold on. Yes. All right. Have you, are you aware of, uh, the actor? I don't, this is a stupid bit. We've got an update in the, the beef, John, the beef between Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson. A beef update. A beef update, a buff update, if you will. Oh, very good. Is it? I just squished the words together. Is that is that all comedy is? You just that's, squished. That's, that's all comedy is, baby. There, I'm not. There's not. I'm not even riffing on anything. I'm just squ- squashing the words together. Buff update. You're, you're squashing the beef. The <laughs> beef market. God damn it! Squashing <clears throat> or squashing the beef? What was? I'm sorry, I coughed. Quash or squash the beef? I think it's qua. Oh fuck! I don't know. I think it's qua. No, squ- squash the beef? Question mark. Squash fart kit. <laughs> we really gotta get a move on. Well, you, I don't know. We listen. We really gotta get a move on with talking about this piece of news. All right. The beef between Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson. Apparently, to catch people up to what's been going on, there was a disagreement between a certain motivational style on set uh, by one Vin Diesel to one Dwayne Johnson that led to sort of a rift forming and then them parting ways in the franchise with Dwayne Johnson going to Hobbs and Shaw and Vin uh, continuing on with with the mainline series. And uh, it seemed for a while that this 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 beef was sort of put to rest uh, with the agree to disagree sort of outcome. The two uh, split their ways, never to be seen again. But late last year, uh, Vin Diesel took the Instagram, took to Instagram. I don't know what I said uh, to write an open letter to Dwayne Johnson, begging him or pleading with him. Pleading means begging, begging him to come back to send off the the finale, send off the finale right with his inclusion. Um, and it, uh, that's where the beef stood for the that's, longest. That's where time. the beef laid. It's where it laid. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, I'm just going to quickly read Vin Diesel's open Instagram letter uh, to one Dwayne Johnson. And this is this is the one with his weirdly elongated head, of course. Yes, of course. The picture is uh, a weirdly cropped picture that makes it's just weird. I it's don't think cropped it was... and squashed. Quashed. Well, see, I I, I did a little side by side analysis, John, uh, when I made the poster for this episode, uh, the banner image for this episode, and I put I put his Instagram post next to the actual still 
from the movie, and uh, it's honestly just the cropping. Really? He looks so wide. With the negative space and the zoom out, it looks much more natural. So I'm I'm not going to – I think we did accuse Vin Diesel of, like, tampering with the photo. I think it's a weird angle made to look Vin Diesel look bigger. And by zooming in and not seeing that negative space, yeah, it just looks – Looks a little funny, but I don't think there's actual any doctoring going on. Man, this is a real blue dress, white dress situation. Yeah, uh, you can you can check out the uh, the zero credits Twitter for the thread uh, that I, I made showing that. Uh, that's at zcpcwhj on twitter.com. and just scroll down forever, you'll find it. All right. <laughs> We are doing the hard-hitting Fast and Furious journalism that no one is giving us credit for. I spent more time analyzing this one movie franchise than I think I I spent on any research I did in my graduate program to get my master's. I mean, and good on you. Deservedly. Deservedly. It's a good franchise. This is what Mr. Vin Diesel wrote on Instagram to Mr. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, Mr. Vin Diesel writes, My little brother Dwayne, the time has come. The world awaits the finale of Fast 10. As you know, my children refer to you as Uncle Dwayne in my house. There is not a holiday that goes by that they and you don't send well wishes. But the time has come. Legacy awaits. I told you years ago that I was going to fulfill my promise to Pablo... Uh, here's an asterisk editor's note. Uh, Pablo is what Vin Diesel would call Paul Walker. <clears throat> Back to the letter. I swore that we would reach and manifest the best fast in the finale. That is 10. Oh, just such incredible prose. <laughs> I say this out of love, but you must show up. Do not leave the franchise idle. You have a very important role to play. Hobbs can't be played by no other. I hope that you rise to the occasion and fulfill your destiny. And that's where the beef sort of laid for uh, a couple of months. Like Dwayne The Rock Johnson responded in kind by being in Jungle Cruise. Yes. His, his response was, I have to be in another movie where I wear a khaki shirt now. Yes. A new khaki shirt jungle movie. I don't know why I'm always in these khaki shirt jungle movies, but here we are. I'm going to look off to the right with an eyebrow raise, and I'm going to look like fun but serious. Right. Uh, but here we are in the new year, John. And uh, I say in the new year, this apparently came out last year. What the fuck? What were we doing? We were sipping eggnog. Well, vegan eggnog. And uh, other vegan alcoholic drinks. Wait, there's yeast in alcohol. A yeast is a fungus or a bacteria. I don't give a shit. Okay. Uh, because Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, uh, took to CNN to give a new interview in which he divulged the secrets of his thoughts on the open letter by one Vin Diesel. Fascinating venue. I didn't know it was CNN. Yeah, I think it was... I don't think this was the main purpose of the interview. I think this just kind of came up because as any good reporter, you follow Ben Diesel on Instagram. So if you're a good reporter, if you're like, say, like, I don't know if he's with them anymore, but like an Anderson Cooper, Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you follow you follow Vin Diesel on Instagram. That's where you get your facts. And and everyone knows that like he was, you know, tangentially he was talking about what was happening with the Fast and Furious franchise, Vin Diesel. But he was really there to talk about the ongoing turmoil in the Strait of Hormuz. Yes, of course. Everyone turns to Dwayne Johnson's expertise in international political science topics. He is, after all, a rock. It's fascinating to me that I looked up the Strait of Hormuz just to make sure I was pronouncing it right. And the Strait of Hormuz has has Google reviews. It does? It has it's five stars, four and a half stars, six hundred and seventy nine. Oh, wow. The Strait of Hormuz is very highly rated. Um so the number the number two just says five stars, Persian Gulf. <laughs> Amazing. All right. <laughs> well, we Very come back. spacious traffic separation scheme, easily navigable waters. Are there reviews <laughs> for various straits? We can circle back to this at the end of this segment, John. But okay, I think okay. I think we put this off long enough. We have to get to Dwayne Johnson's response to Vin Diesel's open letter. Yes. Uh, in a new interview with CNN, Johnson responded to the public request with criticism, saying that he and Diesel had already previously reached an agreement in private about his role in the franchise. Uh, beginning, quote, I told Diesel directly that I would not be returning to the franchise. I was firm yet cordial with my words and said that I would always be supportive of the cast and always root for the franchise to be successful. But there was no chance I would return. Vin's recent public post was an example of his manipulation. I didn't like that he brought up his children in the post, as well as Paul Walker's death. Leave them out of it. We had spoken months ago and th- about this and came to a clear understanding. Uh, my goal all along was to end my amazing journey with this incredible franchise with gratitude and grace. It's unfortunate that this public dialogue has muddied the waters. Regardless, I'm confident in the Fast Universe and its ability to consistently deliver for the audience. I truly wish my former co-stars and crew members the best of luck and success in the next chapter. It's, It's a fascinating response to me for a couple of reasons. So, like... I think, and maybe this was alluded to in our previous conversations about it, but I thought this was kind of a PR move. It seems odd that uh, whoever runs Vin Diesel's Instagram would, like, give him leeway to make an unsubstantiated communique to another, like, Hollywood star about this. It seems unprofessional. I don't know that their media manager would let them do that. Right. Now, this is normally the stuff you would see... Sorry, you wouldn't see. These conversations happen in boardrooms with you know, like all of the star's people negotiating on behalf of the star. This rarely do you ever see like directors or producers publicly asking actors to be in their their work. That's just it's not done. And I I assumed that this was all part of some kind of PR campaign to eventually lead to The Rock being in, probably, the final Fast and Furious movie, part two, 
Uh, but I don't know now. That that response does seem genuinely terse and irritated. Yeah. Um, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I, like, you know, the wishful thinking part of me is, is like doing the mental gymnastics. Like, well, yeah, of course he's going to deny it so he can show up in the zero hour and save the day. He's doing the the thing like Andrew Garfield had to do for like a full year and deny his involvement in, in a certain project. Tick, tick, boom. Of course, that's what I'm talking about. Of course. Uh, yeah. It, it, nobody likes playing that game, and so he's just not playing. He's just publicly saying he's not in it, but he's, he's going to be in it. But I think you're right. Like, <laughs> call like, and, and those types of things when, when people deny being in projects for the sake of saving like moments for the viewer, uh, they don't call the people involved with the projects manipulative. Yeah, like we we also have to admit that the target audience for most things, the presumed audience for like all of this like PR wizardry stuff are idiots. Like they they market this to people like they're idiots. I don't think they are. But like if this was something where the rock came back, I think the rock would like be on CNN and then, you know, they'd have a prompt to ask him about that. And he'd be like, "No, I said I'd like I think he'd be cagey and he wouldn't accuse his once co-star of being manipulative and using his children and the death of his friend as leverage to get him in the movie. I, I, it does genuinely seem to me like Vin Diesel took charge of his own Instagram account to do something uh, really unwise. This is a lot less cute than I thought it was when he first did it. Right. Uh, for sure. I, I feel like, this beef, which we've been sort of jokingly talking about all this time, is real. It's real beef. Yeah, it's 100% USDA Prime, baby. Yeah, ground chuck. Ground <laughs> ground chuck indeed. Now, The Rock can't have that. Uh, no. Fat, fat content's too high. It's too high for him, which is why he's not in it. Yes, if this, uh, if they, instead of beef, had like whitefish or rockfish or cod, he'd be in. Oh, he would be all over that four or five times a day. But no, so I, yeah, I, I think we have to walk back our initial conclusion that this was all a cheeky PR stunt to like have like, you know, wrestler beef before the big night. I think honestly, we're not going to see the rock in it. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I will give Mr. Uh, rock the, I, I will say, to his credit, like he landed on the same page we and I think everyone else did, is that Instagram post does come across as very manipulative. Yeah. It feels weird that he mentions Paul Walker, and it feels weird that he deflects through his children. It's at turns immature and it turns very much manipulative. Oh, it's, and, yeah, it's, it's classic et- ethos. Whatever one was emotions. Was that ethos? Pathos? Pathos. It's classic pathos. It's um, D'Artagnan. I. It's. It's just concerning to me because if this is a PR stunt and The Rock does appear in one of these movies, it will be a lot less cool for that to happen after it's taken so seriously and the criticisms he has of it are very 
very genuine and I think shared by everyone is that this is a manipulative and strange thing to do. Now, the only thing, okay, I can do a lot of mental gymnastics here. Um, scenario one, let's say, what if Vin Diesel didn't want Dwayne to come back for real? And he wanted to ensure he didn't come back, but wanted the outward facing appearance to be like, hey, look, I tried. Mm-hmm. Would he call up his agent, Dwayne's agent, and try to negotiate through back channels like actors and, and producers typically do? Or would you do this public facing sort of campaign and the guise of trying to drum up like a groundswell or a grassroots sort of movement um, with the intention of it just falling flat? And then like now you can say I tried and uh, it didn't work. So, like, Vin Diesel's playing four-dimensional chess and that he really doesn't want The Rock to come back. He knows that The Rock will really take any project. Uh, and there's only so much say he has in whether or not The Rock... Because, like, if... What is it? Universal makes these movies? I mean, yeah, I think so, because of the ride at Universal Studios. Well, whoever makes these movies, let's say it's Universal... Uh, if they, in one of these movies, were like, we're going to give The Rock $500 million, billion, we don't care. He'll put butts in seats like nobody's business. As Vin Diesel, you can't be like, I won't be in it, because uh, they'll make it without you. <laughs> like, the, the studio would put The Rock in that movie and get rid of Vin Diesel, because studios don't care. Uh, so what you do is you do genuinely offend The Rock. Right. And you ensure that... He has no chance of replacing you or being in the movie. Yeah. If if that is what Mr. Diesel's doing, uh it's a it's a shrewd if uh kind of offensive move. Scenario two. It's already decided that Dwayne the Rock Johnson will be in these final movies, final movie. Uh but he, as part of the agreement. He arranged it so that Vin Diesel would have to eat crow on a public, national, international scale. Oh, so they're developing the crow eating. This is the crow eating. Yes. The the post was like, yeah. I mean, anyone who reads that can see it for what it is. And now Dwayne Johnson gets to call him out publicly and make him look like a fool. I mean, it's it's entirely possible that that scenario would make me feel bad for Vin Diesel, and uh, it it also would mean like yeah, Vin Diesel was either playing four D chess or Dwayne Johnson is playing five D manipulative petty chess. Either way, either scenario does not look good for either of them. Yes, neither scenario looks particularly good. For Vin Diesel. Occam's Razor uh, would have us draw the the most likely conclusion, which is that uh, Vin Diesel, either misguided or not, made that post on his own accord, and here we are. Uh, Yes, in in which case, that's kind of the reality I can live with the most, even though that post, uh, in my opinion, very misguided, strange, manipulative kind of leaves a weird taste in my mouth for the franchise it as really a whole. does i mean 
at the end of the day, this franchise is about fast cars and always being there for the people who are there for you. And like Dwayne Johnson came in to the franchise to, to kind of give it like more energy. He's introduced in one of the best movies in the franchise and, and plays his role well, even though it was written for another actor. Mm-hmm. He was there for the franchise and and brought it to new heights for sure. Um, but this would this this display, this public display on Instagram, is definitely not being there for him. And there are exactly zero cars involved. Yeah, no cars involved at all. And it almost gives credence to the idea that Vin Diesel is like kind of a manipulative bully on set. And maybe this is all a charade and we can walk away from this and feel totally good about the franchise. But yeah, it it makes me feel weird. Even when we were totally under the presumption that this beef between them was purely fabricated. And this was before the Instagram post. This was in the like Instagram lives and them like trading barbs back and forth in this weird alpha male stuff, even when it felt it's most manufactured kind of turned me off from the movies. Yeah. And now that it feels like it's like people genuinely airing out some, some weird things about themselves in a public sphere. I'm like, I don't, I don't love this. Just give me the cars. At least, uh, at least Tyrese isn't doing this. Right. At least Ludacris is keeping his head out of it. Yeah. But that one guy. Who? Diesel. Oh, right. You know, everyone else in the Fast and Familia is clean in all of this. Yeah. No one else is going to get involved because, like, why? I mean, Vin Diesel arguably is, you know, you can't do Fast and Furious without him at this point. The rest, you know, they, maybe they don't feel so secure in their position. That, <laughs> so they're like, why rock the boat? I don't want to get g- gazelled. Gazelled. <laughs> why rock the plane? They got, we got two more of these movies, so I want to be around for them. Especially for uh, Sung Kong, he has to be like, they killed me once. They, they could kill me again. Yeah, they could. Scenario three. Yes. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been an undercover agent for the FBI for years, and Vin Diesel is a suspected uh, plant from the deep state. <gasps> and this is the only way that the FBI can think to out Vin Diesel. <laughs> okay, scenario four. Oh, God. <laughs> Deckard Shaw made that Instagram post. <laughs> scenario five. <laughs> this was all Cypher's doing <laughs> Uh, scenario six, there's oil in the Dominican Republic and they gotta go get it. <laughs> they gotta go get it. Scenario Omega. There's a truck with some DVDs and televisions that they need to hit. Uh-huh. <laughs> and everyone was looking at the Instagram post and so the guard put his, he had his phone up and he was reading it and then they could sneak in and steal the DVD players and the TVs from the truck. Yeah, I think that one's probably the most likely. The only thing I want from Fast 10, Part 1 and 2, is for the ultimate final mission to be steal some DVDs from the back of an 18-wheeler, and the final boss 
is just a truck driver with a shotgun, the most it, dangerous <laughs> thing in the world. It takes every single member of the Fast and Familia to defeat this truck driver with a shotgun. They're coming together. He's killing Han. <laughs> He's shooting every time he shoots. Han dies. <laughs> every time he shoots, Han dies. Other people die. Giselle's back. Giselle dies, and then the Rock's like, "I'm here." Dies instantly. Shot by the <laughs> by the guy with the shotgun. Yep, and it's like, "No, my familia." <laughs> and then, uh, and then Vin- Vincent or whatever his name is, he's the one left. Vincent, like one of the two dude bros from like the first movie yeah i think he said i think he called someone the f word yeah it was a different time and then he looks ago. at the camera the camera dramatically zooms in on his eyes and he says the f word <laughs> the credits roll he looks in the camera and, and he sings bo burnham's forgive me song yeah it was all about vincent this whole time the whole time it was all vincent i think vincent might be dead he might be. I think Vincent might be. Hey, dead. they brought Han back. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, Deckard Shaw killed Vincent, and it turns <laughs> out, Mister No. You know, I love these movies. Don't get me wrong, but man, they've they've really gone somewhere that's hard for me to follow with this whole Mister Nobody thing. It's really interesting. I think this is the only franchise that has put in a twist in the same scene like three times. <laughs> Yeah, this further building on the same twist. And like, I really want them in the 10th movie to do a fourth twist that reveals that Han was actually, he actually just died. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They just, it's like, oh no, he actually just died in the explosion. We were just pulling your leg that whole time. Mr. Nobody like pulls out a, like a little switch flips it, Han disappears, Han was a hologram. Yeah. No. Han rips off a mask, and he is whoever that other Shaw brother was. Owen Shaw. Owen Shaw, yeah. Yeah. Played by the guy who played Bard from uh, The Hobbit. Yeah, Bard from The Hobbit. I don't know his name. Uh, Tom Bombadil? No, he's not in anything. Isn't Tom Bombadil in the Han Bombadil? (laughs) No, he's not in anything. You're thinking of Radagast the Gray or Brown. Radagast the White. Oh, <laughs> Radagast dies. He comes back. You don't have to die to become the White. Okay. Well, I don't know anything about Lord of the Rings. All I know about is Star Wars. Well, we're not talking about either. We're talking about Fast and the Furious. Look, we got a final comments on this whole feud thing. Vin Diesel. Dwayne Johnson, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I really am not interested in hearing from shut either the fuck of them. Up. I'm really not interested. Shut the fuck up. Just make movies. This is oh, this is terrible. You know what I'm doing right here? Shut up and dribble. Yeah. Mm. But this time it's warranted. <laughs> okay. Like if I, they were saying something important, I would yeah. let them speak. I'm just saying, stop. Stop fighting, as Wyclef Jean said in that Shakira song, no fighting. No fighting. Just stop fighting, make your movies. Please, Dwayne Johnson, go on and make movies that I have very little interest in seeing. And Vin Diesel, continue to watch the move to make the movies that I have to watch for my podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And when we're done, we pivot to Tom Hardy and maybe he and Woody Harrelson have some beef. I don't know. 
It's impossible for Woody Harrelson to have beef with anyone, but you know who does have a lot of beef with people? Jared Leto. Carnage. Red. That's a red one. That's a red one. That's the red one. Oh, you're Carnage's famous, very famous catchphrase. I'm the red one. Yeah. It was it's great. Yeah. You haven't seen trailers for Carnage 2 or Venom 2 Let There Be Carnage. I want to be as clear as I possibly can. Please scream it into my ears. I want to be as clear as I possibly can be about this fact, considering we are staring down the barrel like years from now of having to watch the Venom movies. I haven't seen a single fucking thing about any Venom movie. I haven't watched a trailer. I haven't seen any... Like, if there have been scenes from Venom happening in the background of my life, I've maybe seen it. I haven't committed to memory. I don't care. I do not care, and I don't know shit about those movies. This is where we get a slash cut to uh, a Shaun of the Dead opening-esque montage of you literally walking through the movie venom. <laughs> i walk through like a convenience store or whatever and he's turning into venom yeah that's just happening while you're like you're buying a pack of gum and he's like apprehending a criminal in the background and then someone's like you've got symbiote on you and you're like oh well uh nice speaking to you and you walk away yeah and then i'm like i am the red one why would you say that? You've never seen it. Because I am Garnage. Oh, no, you're not Woody Harrelson. No, no one can... You know what? Here's how little I know about these movies. I thought Carnage was Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is the vulture. Yeah, well, these movies don't take place in the same universe, Henry. That's what I thought. <laughs> Wait, no, they don't. That's what I thought. Do they? I haven't seen Morbius yet. You're right. We do need to see Morbius. I did see a trailer for Morbius in which Michael Keaton passes Morbius and says, hey, Morbius. What's up? (laughs) And then uh, Morbius. You don't don't know if I'm making this up or not, but I actually saw that. Wait, no. Is Michael Keaton like really? No, you're kidding. You're joking. I saw a trailer where Michael Keaton in an orange jumpsuit implying that he might still be the vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming calls out to Morbius, who was also in prison. Wait, This was in the trailer. That's idiotic. I mean, we can't talk about No Way Home, but that's idiotic. I hear you. Maybe it's one of those scenes that happen in a trailer that doesn't make it into the movie. Oh, you know what it is? Tell me. Michael Keaton's like, hey, Morbius, what's up? And then that Michael Keaton is not the vulture, but that is Michael Keaton from Birdman. Okay. I like this, but only I don't think it's Birdman. I think that Michael Keaton is Batman. <laughs> yes. So the the more the Spider-Man universe that Morbius takes place in is the Batman from the 90s. Yes, exactly. Which is also canonically the world where Sleepless in Seattle and When Harry Met Sally happened. It doesn't come up a lot. Yes. The interconnected Harry Sleepless Batman Morbius connection 
Look it up. It's yeah, on TV the, Tropes. Yeah, HSBM. HSBM. Everyone knows that. And I can't, I can't, I can't wait for the HSBMCU. Yeah. I mean, it's already kind of existent. It already exists a little bit. Yeah, but Morbius isn't in it yet. It's just the HSBCU. Well, yeah, because yeah, it, yeah, it got delayed again. Yeah, but one who do you think is going to host Morbius. the Oscars? What are you saying? Morbius will host the Oscars. <laughs> you think? You think Jared Leto as Morbius will host the Oscars? No, no, no. Billy Crystal as Morbius. Billy Crystal as Jared Leto's Morbius will host the Oscars. He'll come on. He'll be like, "I am Morbius. Am I a vampire or just a doctor?" <laughs> that time-honored question that we all have. Listen, are all doctors vampires? Yeah, I no. I think all vampires are doctors, but not all doctors are vampires. Oh, your classic square rectangle thing. Yeah, I think a square rectangle will host the Oscars. Let's think. Who's unproblematic but funny enough to host the Oscars? Let's see. Kevin Hart? No, said no. he'd kill his gay son. Yeah. <laughs> Woody hmm. Harrelson's unproblematic, but kind of hard to pin Woody Harrelson down. Yeah. Not high not, enough energy. Not a comedian. James Franco will never be asked back. Also, he's in the hot water because he's a sexual deviant. You know who I really think? Okay, so this is, it's it's never gonna happen, because this guy's career is sadly over. But do you know who I really thought was gonna be, like, a real known quantity in Hollywood and, like, would host a lot of things and be a big deal? Vanilla Ice. Alden Ehrenreich. Oh, Alden Ehrenreich, who famously played... Uh, Solo, Han Solo... Uh, oh. But he he was also the cowboy guy from Hail Caesar. Yes, those are the two roles he's been in. Uh, he's been in some other stuff that no one cares no, about. But like, no. I saw that guy. I'm like, he's he's attractive. He's very charismatic. Got a lot of energy. Really funny. He's gonna be huge. And he proceeded. There is a a fantastic curse that has been leveled against media. And I know you said we're not talking about Star Wars, but we're gonna talk about it. The existence of those three movies, most particularly The Rise of Skywalker, whatever it's called, the last one, uh, and Solo, nuked people's careers. So you're saying that Solo nuked Alden Ehrenreich's career, but who from the last, wait, no, The Rise of Skywalker's career has been nuked. Where's Daisy Ridley at? Uh, She's gonna be in murder on the nile coming out very soon okay maybe maybe just solo killed a career i i'm willing to hear more because adam driver's doing well for himself oscar isaac is but i don't know where i forget his name this is well yeah where's john boyega yeah i really don't know where where john boyega is I heard they're making a sequel to Attack the Block. I love that. I, Attack the Block is one of my favorite movies. Uh, would he? You think he would be in a, an Attack the Block sequel? I I would hope so. He's the best part of Attack the Block, right? So maybe that's where he is. I don't know. I'm just saying. Where's Carrie Russell? Where uh, the I, fuck? I, where the fuck? Where the Henry? Where the fuck is Babu Frick? 
His career? Newt. Babu Frick's career was destroyed. <laughs> Absolutely decimated. You, you're asking me where's Carrie Russell? In every voice cast list ever. <laughs> like, she, anything animated, she is there. Where's Kelly Marie Tran? Her career, unfortunately, got nuked. But it got nuked by sexists. I know, and unfortunately... Actually, she's in Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, she... Yeah, okay. There you go. Answered your own frickin' question. Your own Babu frickin' question. <laughs> she was also in The Croods. Oh, the sequel? More Croods? <laughs> the Croods, A New Age? Oh, she's been in a lot, actually. Good go. for... Oh, that's a really disturbing poster. Where is um Paul Dano? Is that his name? Uh, he was in Swiss Army Man. Yeah, he was also... Wasn't he like Admiral Hux? Oh, yeah, he was He was Hux. Where's his feature film? Justice for Paul Dano. Where's Paul Dano? Where's he at? Where are other people? Who played the Emperor? Is he getting work? <laughs> uh, Palpatine? <laughs> Is I think Palpatine I, getting work? I think Matt Smith voiced young Palpatine. Oh, well, his, he's going to be in uh, the Game of Thrones prequel. Well, everyone's got work except Alden Ehrenreich. You know what's really sad? What? Uh, this past Sunday I watched a little film, a little remake of a film. Uh, it's called uh, The Sound of Music. No, that's the wrong one. West Side Story. Mm. And uh, as you know, it has uh, – I, I confused the main guy for the guy who played Solo for more than half the film. Really? Who's the main guy in West Side Story? <laughs> Uh, I can't remember his name. I think it's Ansel Elgort. Oh, Ansel Elgort. Yeah, Baby Driver. Yeah. You know, they they got a similar kind of thing going on. I think it's just they're confusing-ass names. (laughs) I I think it's because they have very South African names and big foreheads. Yeah, Ansel Elgort and Aldrich Ehrenreich. They're very confusing. They look vaguely similar in that they're both white men. <laughs> yeah. It's really tough to tell white men apart. It can be if they have confusing-ass names. And they're both, you know, kind of the same kind of guy. Right. That, so I thought, oh, good. Solo's getting work. I'm glad it didn't end his career. And now you're here telling me <laughs> Rude Awakening. No, his career is still pretty nuked. I think Ansel Elgort is tall and Alden Ehrenreich is mini. <laughs> it could be, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, Tony and West Side Story, like, towered over the rest of the cast. It was very noticeable. Tower and tall Tony. Tower and tall Tony. You think Soundheim would have worked that in, but I guess he was too busy focusing on the lyrics. He He was. I couldn't... The only Star Wars movie I haven't seen beginning to end is Solo. I saw it in theaters. I just couldn't bring myself to... It was one of those movies where by the time you're done, by the time it's done, it's kind of like drinking a glass of water. Like, you know the glass, you know you're done drinking because the glass is empty. But it left no impression. Like, there's no taste. You can't really tell if you need another glass of water or not. It's just, it. you kind of drink it without thinking. 
that was solo. So one might call it a waste of time. If you judge how you spend your time in a results-driven way, like <laughs> in a way that you got something out of the time you spent, then yes, it's a waste of time. Uh, however, if you judge your time just based on time has passed you, uh, then it could be pretty good. Uh, it That's interesting. It is a movie for which whether it's good or not depends on your definition of time well spent, which I guess is a lot better than Rise of Skywalker, which uh, definitively made my life worse. I would rather watch, given the choice on an international flight on an airplane, uh, as opposed to the other ways you can fly, um, I would rather watch Solo over Rise of Skywalker on that flight. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll watch it then. Uh, now, given the opportunity to watch Last Jedi or Rogue One or literally any other Star Wars movie, I would watch those. What about the Christmas special? I've, I mean, I've never – I've heard things and I saw like a commentary video on it and that was uh, – sure was interesting. I think the Christmas special's fun. What are we talking about if not well, Star Wars? <laughs> Star Wars, because you wanted to talk about Star Wars. You always want to talk about Star Wars. I just wanted to dunk on the rise of Skywalker, but that became this whole thing because I was quote-unquote wrong about it nuking people's quote-unquote careers. All I wanted to know is who do you think would host the Oscars? Oh, it's got to be... So it's on ABC, so it's the Disney family. Uh Uh-huh. So like a... Uh, who, who in the Disney realm of celebrities, which is all of them, uh, would host the Oscars? Who was the main character in Encanto? I can look it up. Wait, hold on. It was Stephanie Beatriz, was also from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, she's great. Uh, she could host the Oscars. She could, yeah. Um Oh, John Leguizamo would be a great Oscars host. He would be great as a host if he was, like, just in the background the whole time. No, John Leguizamo is great. No, I'm not I'm referring to his character Bruno in in Encanto. Yes, yes, he would be behind a wall, but also, wow, really interesting. The top movies listed for John Leguizamo are uh, Encanto, Spawn, and the Super Mario Brothers movie. (laughs) Yeah, so he should be as Mario. As Spawn. As Spawn. He and must please, played, he was Luigi in that. I was about to say, he must have played Luigi. He played Luigi Mario. Luigi Mario. He has to be that if he's going to host. No, it's got to be a comedian. Comedians host the Oscars. John Leguizamo's a comedian. Name one joke. Uh, You're right, I can't. There you go. I'm going to type in John Leguizamo joke. I bet Chris Evans could host the hell out of the Oscars. Oh, Chris Evans. You know you know who I'd want to see? Chris Pine. Chris Pine. I could see it. Uh, I feel like, didn't Hugh Jackman host the Tonys once and he, like, he could sing and he could dance and he could be... No, he could... John. He hosted the Oscars. Oh, then Chris Evans, duh. I think he... Chris Evans can do everything that Hugh Jackman can do. All right, then, yeah, fine. Yeah, he could host. 
Yeah, Hugh Jackman hosted the Oscars, and his opening number was written by none other than the combination of Dan Harmon, Rob Schraub, and Ben Schwartz. You know, two out of three ain't bad. Okay. Just say it. They're all they're all okay. What are you saying? No, they're not. Who's not okay? I hate Dan Harmon. This is a beef I'm creating on the podcast right now to drive clicks and to eventually drive him to go on CNN and call me manipulative. Hey, uh, it turns out John Leguizamo is like a comedian. Yeah, he's a comedian, dog. He's got plenty of jokes. I don't think any of them are clean enough for me to say on the podcast. Yeah, he's a real aristocrat's type. Yeah. But, uh, wow. So, yeah, John Leguizamo could be perfect to host the Oscars. I, I, I am very, I'm very into John Leguizamo. I... It's a shame that's going to be Lin-Manuel Miranda. Sorry, oh, that was the so... only answer we were taking tonight. You have failed. So tired of Lin-Manuel Miranda. Aren't we all? But, look, he's got a contract or something. Disney's got some dirt on him. He's got a contract with, uh... <laughs> I just feel like we're mere days away from from there being legislation passed where all healthcare providers have to provide everyone dying of COVID a cameo of Lin Manuel Miranda crying. <laughs> oh no! Here, it's oh, the no. best we can do. Jesus Christ! Even though we signed legislation saying that all primary healthcare providers have to give you eight at-home COVID tests showing that we can make healthcare providers do basically anything we want to by act of law. Don't look at that. Look at the cameo of Lin-Manuel Miranda acapelling the room where it happened as you die on a ventilator. Truly, this is the American dream. It's the American dream to to die while looking at Lin Manuel Miranda. The uh, saddest part is it's, it's a cameo, so he can't see you die. No, absolutely not. It's it's listen. He has a limited amount of bandwidth. Listen for Lin Manuel. It's a no bones day, and he can't watch people die on Zoom. It's a no bones day for Lin Manuel Miranda, so he's going to record a message you watch while you die. Maybe tomorrow found... will be a Bones Day and Lin-Manuel Miranda can watch you die. But today, no Bones Day. All his spoons are full. I think we found the uh, the title of the episode. <laughs> I have no idea what part of that makes the... Uh, it, the it's the... a no Bones Day for <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, okay. That's <laughs> a good one. I think that's a good one. And I haven't done that in a while. Huh. I think... It is time, John. After I've gotten very mad about Lin-Manuel Miranda. You've been mad in the last ten minutes of episodes lately, so that's my cue that it's time to wrap (laughs) it up. Listen, after 9pm I used to get sleepy, now I just get mad. You just get mad, and that's a good sign for us to just, let's, let's take it easy into these, into the end of the episode. We've talked about a lot here tonight. We've finally put to bed that we don't care about the beef anymore. Between Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Mindy. So we don't care. Just give us the movies, buddies. We don't care about the beef. We're going full KFC Impossible Chicken Nuggets. That's true. It's new. It's, and it's good for you. a no-bones day with KFC Impossible Chicken Nuggets. Because oh, plants you, don't have bones. You know they capitalized on that in some way. 
Uh, we also we we found the host for the Oscars. It's Lin Manuel Miranda. Sorry to everybody else. And uh, those are the two things we accomplished. <laughs> yes. We also talked about Star Wars for like fifty minutes. <sighs> so long. I don't know why or how we even got on to Star Wars, and we'll never get off. You'll never get off the Star Wars ride. Galaxy's Edge coming to a Disney World near you. Do you want to spend five hundred dollars on a lightsaber? I want to spend six thousand dollars on a two night experience where I get to join the Imperial Army. Listen, I work in healthcare legislation. I I organize the Lin Manuel Miranda death cameos. I get paid a quarter of a million dollars a year, and I go to Galaxy's Edge four times a year. That sounds awesome for you and no one else. I just help people die and look Jesus at Lin Manuel Miranda, so I can go to Disney. There's a, there's a. I don't know who this person is that I'm mad at, but I'm very mad at them. You are very mad at them, and you know, there's only one thing we can do when we're very mad, John. What? Tell people to contact us. That's right. If you want to get in contact with us, here's our social medias. We're going to plug them real quick. Uh, You can send us a tweet on Twitter.com to ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. And I believe John knows what that stands for. That stands for look up any straight or shipping lane. Most of them seem to have Google reviews, and they're pretty funny. Some of them seem to be political. That's right, John, exactly. And you can follow our our Wordle progress on Twitter. I've just gotten into Wordle, and I'm using zero credits to talk about it. If you don't know what that is, I don't either. Uh, you can send us a longer message through an email. If you send an email to email at zerocredits.net, uh, John just paid our, our re-upping fees, so we still have that for a full year or so, quarter, who knows. We're also on every single podcasting thing you can think of besides like Stitcher and maybe Anchor. I don't know what Anchor is. We're also not on whatever the hell the bullhorn thing is. I don't know what that is. We're not on that. But however you found us, that means you found us, and that's all that matters. If you can leave us a rating on the app that you use to listen to this podcast, that would be super appreciated. We just like hearing about feedback and things that people talk about us about us that sounds got away from me however the most important thing you can do in your entire life when it comes to this podcast and in no other regard just tell people about the podcast if you listen to us if you enjoy listening to us suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy listening to two idiots yell about star wars for way too long that's right that's all we do uh, so if you tell a friend and they tell a friend that's two friends, hey, we're we're making moves. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So some of the reviews for the Strait of Gibraltar. One star, a narrow strip of water which connects two large bodies of water. Five stars, one of the main shipping route by which ship enter and leave Europe. The strait passes in between two continents. Europe, period. One star. Too many waves and too much water. One star. Not straight. Five stars. The best. Three stars. Morocco is a fart of Europe. Oh, no. Okay. Wow. I think they were maybe trying to say a part. 
No, I don't think they're saying that. <laughs> oh no, politically motivated Google reviews. So, from everyone here at the uh, Zero Credits Five Star Review of the Strait of Gibraltar, we'd like to wish you and a fine, fine strait a happy week. Goodbye, everybody.